Hello, my name is Malika Delobelayou. I am a public health medical doctor and I work in a local registry of childhood disabilities in Toulouse in southwest France. This is my pleasure to present you, on behalf of my co-authors, our article recently published in Developmental Medicine and Child Neurology on the development of the classifications of events contributing to postneonatal cerebral palsy, development, reliability and recommendations for use. This work is the result of a European collaboration within the Surveillance of Cerebral Palsy in Europe Network, SCPE. I would like to thank Louise Puding, my co-first author, and all co-authors members of the SCPE network. In the case of postneonatal cerebral palsy, the events involved in the etiological pathway following one another to lead to the brain lesion are often easily identified. However, there is currently no international consensus on how this information should be reported and which event should be chosen for priority reporting and classification. Moreover, even if infections, head injuries, and cerebrovascular episodes have long been identified as the three leading categories of events contributing to brain lesions in literature, there is still some confusion and lack of standardization regarding the content of these main categories and the place of events resulting from medical intervention and hypoxic incidents. So the main challenges for setting up such a classification system especially with the hope that it can be used by as many teams as possible at an international level, are, on the one hand, to be able to reflect change in broad categories over long time periods, while providing a fine-grained description for specific studies. For this, we propose a detailed two-level classification. On the other hand, another major challenge is to ensure the reproducibility of a recording of events and the choice of a main event to be reported which identifies preventable situations. For this, we propose to use classification in a two-step process. Firstly, record in a chronological order all the known events potentially involved in the pathway leading to the brain injury and classify them for specific studies. Secondly, choose the first event in chronological order that will be named the primary event to be mainly reported. This event does not necessarily directly cause the brain injury, but it is a starting point and in its sense, it is particularly interesting because if it could have been avoided, then the brain injury would not have occurred. To take an example, in the case of a child with a septic embolism resulting in cerebrovascular accident, in step one, both infection and cerebrovascular accident could be registered and coded using classification. And in step two, infection should be designated as the primary event to be mainly reported. Here is the proposed new classification with six major categories and 19 subcategories. Category A for infections, category B for head injuries, accidental or non-accidental. Category C for all brain injuries related to the consequences of surgeries or other invasive medical interventions, whether cardiac, brain, or other surgeries or interventions. Category D for all non-traumatic events, ischemic, hemorrhagic, or unspecified cerebrovascular accidents. Category E for hypoxic brain damaging events of other origin with a few, few specific situations detailed, and category F for miscellaneous. 
Anti-router reliability was tested by an online exercise in which members of the SCPE were invited to participate. The exercise consisted of 24 short clinical vignettes that covered various situations corresponding to the each main categories of the classification. The exercise focused on the primary event because it was the main event chosen to be reported. The two-step process was not used in this exercise. A total of 39 individuals from 21 registries provided complete coding. An overall substantial level of agreement was reached, with an agreement coefficient adjusted for chance, weight AC1 coefficient of 0.75. Agreement was moderate, with a coefficient of 0.48 for the eight cases with complex pathway, whereas it was almost perfect for the 16 cases with a single identified event with a coefficient of 0.89. The decrease in agreement for the most complex cases is probably because participants were asked to record exclusively and directly the primary event without possibility to identify and record all of the potential events involved in the first step. We believe that using the, this first step should improve the process of identifying the primary event in a second step and therefore should improve inter-agreement for the, these complex cases. By way of conclusion, I would like to stress some points. The use as part of a two-step process enables all involved events to be recorded in the first stage. But it is essential to clearly define the event which is mainly recorded and reported in order to guarantee the homogeneity of a record and ensure reproducibility. Here, the first event in chronological order has been chosen because, even if it did not necessarily cause the most directly the brain injury, it allows to identify preventable situation. The detailed two-level classification is expected to be easy to use in many and various contexts, even if, of course, this use will have to be validated by other teams, which we hope will be as numerous as possible. Thank you for your attention.